0: Wow, everyone, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by what a great show we've got for you tonight. I love that theme. And for those of you that don't know where that theme song came from, I will just tell you that Nick Johnson, one of the former interns on the Dr. Pat Show before he moved down to L.A., wrote that song, plays the keyboards on it, and has really gifted us with being able to open this show with it every week. And we've got a fabulous show for you tonight. I'm going to tell you love is in the stars yeah i mean think about it love is in the stars why because my very special guest carol allen joining us here tonight is going to tell us how she discovered this and what is now available to all of us the wise women's astrology guide to men so tonight get ready to think about what this all means in terms of improving relationships you know how do we master the weaving, the in and out, the keys to success in relationships and what does Carol have to say about what is the pulse of our country right now with people that are either in relationships, looking for relationships and honestly don't have a clue. She's joining us here today as someone that has stepped out into the world masterfully to help most of us understand what astrology is, but more importantly, what Vedic astrology is. She's a lifetime member of the American Council of Vedic Astrology, private practice. She has counseled thousands of people in all areas of their lives, relationships, finances, career, health, you name it. She's helped them. How about radio? She's been on national radio shows. She's been on radio shows across the globe. The bottom line has been for her, I've got a message I'm willing to take it out there, and boy, if I can help people live life full out, that's what I'm going to do. Her writings have been in several books, um, many of them we know, but most importantly, she's here to help all of us understand tonight about what relationships are all about. Thanks so much that for, you know for all of you for requesting her and for also helping us. Bring her to the Dr. Pat Show. Carol, it was so cool having you here. Welcome to the show. Woohoo, Thank you so much. I didn't know the listeners requested me. How did that happen? Well, we send out newsletters and we send out uh, comments to people about what they want to hear, who they want to hear. I mean, believe me, we get the listeners involved. What a great idea. Good for you. Well, don't you think it's a good idea? Uh, then I might I'm actually gonna... listen.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank goodness I'm not really a radio personality because I would have never figured that out, that, you know, we should maybe ask listeners what they want to know more about. <laughs> Let's Fine. start with you for a minute, if we could. A question that I ask everyone I've ever interviewed, pretty much, and, you know, I'm going to talk more about you know, what your work is about, and certainly you're going to talk about it. But here's the question. Given that you've decided to say yes to the path and the journey of your life, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles that you, Carol, have personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment?
1: Wow. What a fantastic <laughs> question. My gosh, I've never even asked that question on a radio show before.
2: Um, they should have I'm- read you.
1: We're gonna talk about me. Well, I'm, I've had to really wrestle a lot of things. First of all, when I got into astrology, I had to wrestle the issue of is it really helpful to people or not? Does telling people their future really serve them? Does telling people, you know, their talents and skills and gifts are they supposed to actually be told that from a piece of paper and a total stranger or should they just figure that out for themselves? Like, so the first thing I had to wrestle was is this methodology, even though I have found it to be extremely accurate and extremely powerful, is it really a good idea in the first place? You know? And then I had to look at who am I to be the person interpreting this ancient knowledge, this incredible Vast expanse of wisdom, because most people's understanding of astrology is like a symbol full of the ocean. Most people yeah. have no idea how profound, how deep, how subtle, how nuanced, how rich, how incredible astrology is and the next thing i had to battle was it's freaking hard studying astrology is like studying physics it is so complicated i study i practice vedic astrology which is the system from india and it's so complicated western astrologers but when i meet them and i tell them I do Vedic astrology, they go, wow, that's hard. (laughs) And they're right. And uh, and so I'm not really a super technical, analytical person. I loved school and I did well in school, but I'm more like a liberal arts kind of English major, kind of social welfare kind of person, psychology kind of person. So I had to learn this system that was really rigorous and so I had to really force myself. So there was that. And then... You know, it's uh, it's just been staying the course because, you know, life is long. And, and working with people in terms of trying to help them with their lives, you have to totally let go of wanting people to do what you want them to do. I can tell someone, you know, this man is wrong for you or that job is going to cost you your shirt, (laughs) you know, like buying that house, please don't buy that house, wait six months and buy a different house. People are still going to do what they want to do. And I had to give up a long time ago getting really hurt by watching people disregard how profound and accurate this information is. And then getting hurt. I had to, I had to let go of trying to save everybody. So, I mean, it's, I could go on and on, Dr. Pat. We could do a whole show on what my personal challenges have been. And then, you know, I'm from a really big, extensive, Christian, kind of reborn again family. And so, you know, I had to face that. Like, is astrology the dark side? Am I working for the wrong team? You know?
2: <laughs> so there, that was fun.
0: It's got to be really interesting, though, to be able to look at your life, and that's why I love to lead with that question, because I want everyone to get a sense uh, of the fact that, Carol, you, even though you're prominent in the work that you do, you're renowned in the work that you do, but you're like most of us, and you know, you've had to figure out your own way uh, a- along this path. So then the question then comes up, why Vedic astrology? You know, how uh-huh. you led to that? Right. <laughs> well, that was just crazy luck. <laughs> that was just,
1: uh, that was just fate, the fickle finger of fate plucked me out of oblivion and brought me this amazing system. I was, I was at a party in Topanga Canyon, which is <laughs> like the, the perpetual summer of love <laughs> in Los Angeles. And I, uh, was, I had moved to Los Angeles to, surprise surprise become an actress i know that'll shock everyone because <laughs> uh, you know i'm an expressive creative communicator and i loved performing as a child so i thought oh you know i'll go do that for a while so i was here in la and i met a man at a party that did vedic astrology and for those listening who don't know what that is it's the system of astrology from india it's considered the oldest system of astrology and it's uh, it's very different from Western astrology. The biggest difference being they use different calculations for the charts. Most people are not the same sign from Ved- in Vedic astrology that they are in Western astrology. Then originally we actually had 27 signs that are smaller clusters of stars within the 12 Greek signs that still to this day are the most important and the most critical, especially for things like the area of compatibility. So there's a lot of differences. Uh, but anyway, I met a man at this party and we got to chatting and it turned out he was a Vedic astrologer and the friend of mine that was having the the party had been to see him over, over a decade and she said, oh my gosh, you have to go. He's absolutely incredible. You won't believe it. So I went to see him and he looked at my chart and he said, you're supposed to be some sort of counselor or teacher you have disappointment in the art, <laughs> which is why my little burgeoning acting career was just a nightmare. And uh, surprise, surprise, it's so, you know, it's never a nightmare. You know, it's always a nightmare. But for me, it was like every time I had an audition, I'd get food poisoning or I'd get in a car accident on the way there. <laughs> or, you know, the night my show was supposed to open, the theater would burn down. I mean, it was a nightmare. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, he, And then he said, I was 23 years old, and he said, don't even try to have a relationship until you're 30, nothing will work before then, but at 30, everything will come together and you're going to get married. So these were like the ha- the highlights of what he said. And he just he could see so much about me and so much about my life and my past, and I just found it so valuable and so validating that I started to study with him. And it turned out, as destiny would have it, there was a school for it six blocks from where I was living started going there, and then all these fabulous, wonderful, wonderful professional astrologers befriended me and gave me books and gave me computers and really brought me along and really, you know, supported me on this path. And then I started doing readings for friends and friends of friends. And next thing you know, this friend's mother would call and want a reading, and then this friend's, you know, roommate, and pretty soon I the phone was ringing, and I was annoyed if I got an audition because I didn't want to miss working with clients and so the path became obvious and pretty soon i was off to the races and it's been 20 years dr wow it's been a long
0: time well you know i love that because what that says to me is that here you are and you're doing what you love and you're not looking back and boy i'll tell you there are so many people right now that are looking over their shoulders they're looking back they're looking sideways not really quite sure where else to look but you know, they're in question of so many things that are going on in their lives. And so it's great to hear right. your story. You, you know, right? Well, thank you. I mean, you know that well, you know, For me, relationships. I,
1: right. Well, for me, I just kept following, I call it like breadcrumbs in the forest. I just kept following the next breadcrumb. And it's like if someone had explained to me how much I was going to have to go through to get to today... I might have bagged it all. I mean, I'll tell you the honest truth. I might have said, good God, I'm going to go sell real estate. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a really intense process, but I just kept enjoying each next step. And I was fortunate, you know, what happened with the relationship piece is it just, in my readings and in my practice as an astrologer, all anyone wanted to talk about was love. I mean, it's all anybody cared about. And... So And so often they wanted to blame the stars for their love lives. Exactly. But I kept seeing this interesting phenomenon of, you know, a woman would come to me with a man's chart and she would say, What do you see? And I would see that they were very aligned. They were very compatible and they should be very happy. And she would tell me how miserable they were. And then I'd have another client who would come and their charts she'd have the chart of a man to look at and they would just be kind of okay together. They weren't bad, but they'd be pretty mediocre. But they were happy. And I realized over over time that people that had the best relationship skills had the best relationships, no matter who they were with. (laughs) Right? Right. So I started teaching people good relationship skills, and then I went and became a coach, and then I started giving seminars, and then I had a radio show on the internet for three years. That was the best time I ever had. So I'm so happy for you, Dr. Pat, because having your own radio show is such a ball. And I interviewed relationship experts every week for three years, and I interviewed everybody, like John Gray, and you know the other Dr. Pat, Patricia Allen, and. Uh, you know, Gay and Kathleen Hendricks and Rhonda Britton and Debbie Ford, and I just had such a ball. And so what I really come to love is that people with good relationship skills still can really suffer in relationships, like when they hit a bad kind of time in their chart, or when they're with someone where the compatibility isn't isn't good. Um, and then people. With perfect compatibility and good timing can ruin their relationship by neglecting it, by working too much, by not having good communication skills. So what I love is this marriage of, you know, the out of this world and the real world insights, you know, the skills and tools that we need as human beings that are very practical and doable and learnable for anybody. And then the specific unique circumstances and situations you know, being, having these tools to understand each person's individual journey. And so, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world that I have, you know, the, the, really the best of both. And that's what I bring to people. And that's what I try to, to, to help people with. And it's so, it's so rewarding. It's so great. Oh
2: yeah.
0: It's actually very juicy. I love it. We're going to take a short break. We've got so much to talk to Carol about. For those of you just tuning in, Love is in the Stars, the Wise Women's Astrology Guide to Men with Carol Allen. We're going to talk about a lot uh, today, and I'm going to make sure that you have information on how to download a free book from her, free ebook. Woo-hoo! But more importantly, if you go to her website, carolallenastrology.com, and you kind of take a look at the differences between Vedic astrology and Western astrology, she's actually talking about me because I actually have Venus and Sagittarius. When we come back, let's find out what that means or doesn't mean uh, with my very special guest, Callan Allen. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By.
2: Are you concerned about a specific health issue? Do you want to know what causes it? Are you ready to tap into the inner wisdom of your body and listen to what it is telling you? It's a scientific fact that your health condition Present circumstance and excess weight are not the result of your diet, exercise regime, or genetic makeup. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions all directly and specifically influence all your body functions, including heart rate, digestion, and organs. Anger is stored in the liver, resentment is stored in the gallbladder, and lack of support shows up in your back. Our bodies give us clues to how we have been thinking, feeling, and acting. Dr. Cal specializes in interpreting these clues. Ignites your inner healer and guides you step-by-step to continuous, positive, and lasting health changes. When you change your mind, you change your life. Get in your driver's seat today. Visit askdrkel.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-K-E-L dot com.
3: Is your soul thirsty for love this Valentine's Day? Fill it up with Aqua Mantra's I Am Loved Water and feel the love with every conscious sip. You attract love into your reality when you're overflowing with love from within. Pick up a case of Aqua Mantra's award-winning premium natural spring water that flows from the abundant streams of Mount Palomar, California. Now in our brand-new biodegradable and recyclable bottles. On sale at aquamantra.com forward slash I Am Loved. And know you are loved.
0: e-cloths the only cleaning solution you'll ever need e-cloths fiber function does the cleaning not a chemical reaction also no paper towels or chemicals to buy so you'll save lots of money and e-cloths are guaranteed to thoroughly clean for years the whole time safer for you your family the environment and saving you lots of money as a dr pat show listener get 20 percent off everything you order and free shipping go to ecloth.com and when checking out enter dr pat you'll never go back to cleaning any other way
3: reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the inca maca magic maca naturally balances hormones relieves symptoms of pms menopause and erectile dysfunction maca increases energy stamina and endurance without caffeine visit macaroot.com. that's m-a-c-a root.com Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent
2: any disease.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by... If you want more information about us, very easy to do. Go to drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. If you've missed any part of this show tonight... This is something that you're going to want to do. You want to read, uh go back, listen to the whole thing, download. It's going to be in iTunes and many other places. I want to welcome you all to the show because we've got Carol Allen in the house. If you're searching <laughs> for the man of your dreams or you're struggling with somebody that is just a pain in the butt and you thought he was Mr. Dreamy and he turned out to be, you know, I won't even say on this show because we're going to re-air this, then Carol is the person we want to talk to. Carol, thank you for joining us here today. Before we go on, I want to make sure that folks know how to get a copy of *Love Is in the Stars*, the Wise Women Astrology Astrological Guide to Men. What is the way to get this? Well, the book is through an online
1: publisher, so they the only place they can get it is through my free newsletter. Okay. We're not at Amazon. We're not anywhere. It's a really, it's a really cool, crazy, amazing publishing model. It's very different. But anyway, they can go to com, and what we've done is we've set up a special page there where if they, if they go to that page, they can also download for free another book that's, uh, my favorite advice that's not astrological, because as I was saying, you've got to have the out-of-this-world and the (laughs) real-world ways to create the love that you want and make it last. And so many of my favorite real-world ideas and philosophies and principles are in a book called Becoming the Woman Your Dream Man Wants, and that your listeners can get for free at writemanreport.com. And then I have a really fun newsletter that I just had the best time writing for the last few years, where... I take celebrity couples and I talk about their compatibility or I talk about, you know, what's in the stars in the coming months or I, uh, talk about all these aspects of compatibility that are really unique and really profound in Vedic astrology that most people have never ever heard of. And then I give my favorite real world advice as well and I answer readers questions and I just have a lot of fun. So, uh so that's all that's all at rightmanreport.com.
0: Okay, go ahead and do it cuz I just want you all to know that while I was listening to Carol, I just went ahead and did it and it's very simple. And you're going to be able <laughs> to get plugged into what the thousands of people are plugged into. So, you know, yeah, we're crazy. That you we have 100, about 100 Yeah, we what, have
1: 10,000 we have 110,000 subscribers. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, it's, it's wonderful. Crazy. It's wonderful. So how do I recruit a romantic mentor? Oh,
1: my goodness. How do you recruit a romantic mentor? Find someone. You know, the best way we all learn is is if one person will take us by the hand and show us how to do what they did, they've really found the most successful path for people is really the apprentice apprentice <laughs> the master and apprentice, excuse me, I said it wrong, the master-apprentice-master-student pre- relationship. And so why not put that into your love life as well? So either look for someone that has the relationship you would like you know, not necessarily the partner you would like, but the relationship you would like or the love history you would like. Like they always date the greatest people or they always have the most fun or they always get the most attention or, you know, what is that person doing? (laughs) And go ask them and they will tell you. And if they can't tell you, then just ask to tag along with them because some people are so naturally blessed at this stuff. They don't know what they're doing it's just working for them. But if you watch them, you can figure it out by watching. And if there's no one in your life like that, then go actually hire a coach. Go actually find someone who, you know, can give you a methodology or, you know, tools, practices, things to actually do, steps, scripts, to-dos that that have worked for all their other clients before you because if it's worked for other people, it'll work for you too. And you know, I could tell you a million stories about the power of coaching and how many people I've seen go from, you know, loveless and lonesome to, you know, just incredible love lives all with the help of, of, of a coach. So,
0: so that would be, that's, that's the answer to that question. Was that sufficient, Dr. Pat? I love it because one of the things that I think happens is, you know, especially about romance and money, right? I mean, you can talk to this, especially from astrological terms, and that is, uh, you know, we don't like to talk about it. You know, it's kind of like, let's not talk about money right now. Oh, and by right. the way, let's, you know, dare we talk about religion, but even more silent than that is, please, we are not going to talk about our sex life here, are we? Or right. lack of. Uh, and so that well, and again, be, that's... again, it's all yeah. people
1: want. And we weren't taught it in school, and you're right, we don't talk about it. And it's what we want so badly That we feel shame if we don't feel we're succeeding at it. And so since we feel so much shame about it, we're not going to talk about it. I mean, I can't tell you, Dr. Pat, how many beautiful, successful, attractive, educated, well-dressed, impressive people, men and women, have walked through my door. And in the course of, you know, an hour and a half, they've shared with me that they are terrified they're going to die alone and they're starting to get hopeless and, you know, really hopeless (laughs) about this part of their lives and they don't tell anybody that. you're, You're completely right. They don't tell anybody that fear, you know, and they really don't know what to do or where to turn and they're really starting to feel, you know, since I get a lot of spiritual people, since I do something spiritual. I get a lot of people who really start to feel like it's just their fate. Like this is what God wants for them. Oh is, my goodness! You know, God has for some reason punished them to die alone, and um, and it's it's terribly sad because they've mastered so many other things. They pull up to my door in a nice car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have a business, and yet this one piece that they want so badly, they they can't seem. To figure out, so I'm here to tell you there are rules to relationships, and if you follow the rules, you end up happy, and if you break the rules, you end up with broken relationships. So that's you know that's the good news I'm here to bring today. And and what I wrote about in Love Is in the Stars is what I call the five critical keys to relationships. Want to know what the five critical keys? I was gonna yeah, are?
0: I actually do want to know about them. <laughs> and I also what I also want to know is how these five critical keys. Uh, relate or not relate to our astrological journey as well. I mean, you yeah. know, I I, I kind of was teasing about the fact that you know um, that I went to that I went to your website and I was looking at the comment you made about v, Venus and Sagittarius. But I think uh-huh. so many people want to understand these relationships and want to understand, you know, some of the astrological uh, implications. Hmm. Well. It's so funny you mentioned Venus and Sagittarius. So I just threw out in an article
1: where I was writing about the two systems, the Western system and the Vedic system and how they have different ways of calculating and how the Western system is not astronomically literal, and so it's not observable. So if they say Venus is in Sagittarius, this is the quote that you're referring to, you can go out at night with your naked eye and look to the sign of, of, of Sagittarius, and Venus won't be there it'll be one sign over in Scorpio. So this is the problem between Vedic astrology and Western astrology. The Vedic system is actually astronomically literal and the the Western system is not. And, you know, that's a long whole other topic. But so you either have Venus in Sagittarius or in Scorpio. And I don't know because I haven't run your chart and I'm actually Mm -hmm. not in front of my computer. Right. But people with, you're probably a Venus in Scorpio according to my system. And People with Venus and Scorpio, one of the things that they have to, uh, one of the things that's great is you can be extremely lo- loyal, you're, you're passionate, you're, uh, y- you know, y- you can love intensely, you can love fiercely, uh, you can have long relationships. Scorpio is what's called a sixth sign, so there tends to be stability in Scorpio and longevity in Scorpio. The challenge of Scorpio is it's, it's the natural eighth sign, which tends to mean disappointment and it's the natural sign of even though it's fixed which can create longevity and stability uh it can have tremendous fluctuations and uh and i know that sounds like a big conflict that i just said welcome to my world astrology is full of tons of <laughs> nuance <laughs> and subtlety and contradiction um, and then scorpio is ruled by mars in the system that i practice and so it's a venus mars combo and venus mars together is very passionate very sensual can also leap without looking though can also get involved in relationships too quickly can uh bond too quickly can get sexual too quickly and then later you go what the hell have I done <laughs> because <laughs> since since it's so loyal and since it it's so fiercely dedicated you have to be careful of going down with a sinking ship so any of that sound familiar
0: doctor uh guess i'm really a scorpio Uh
1: uh-oh well you know venus mars people are really charming and really uh wisecracky and really fun and so it's good it helps you on your job (laughs) but you know one of the things that's that's difficult with astrology is somebody else listening to that And this is one of the things i write about in my book is someone else listening to that that has venus and scorpio Or Venus and Sagittarius in the Western system is going to say, I'm not like that at all. And the reason one person will be and one person won't be is that you really have to look at the chart as a whole. And when you just take things piece by piece, when you just take your sun sign or you just take your moon sign or you just take your rising sign or where Venus is or these, you know, their factors, they might not really reveal Parts of you that are actually far stronger. So, for example, you know, we've all heard, oh, every Leo is, you know, loves attention and wants to be in charge and wants to be, you know, king of the, king of the castle. And, well, there are actually combinations that charts can have where it makes them introverted and sensitive and more behind the scenes. And it doesn't matter what sign you are, you can have those introverted behind the scenes Combinations where you actually don't like attention. So you can be a Leo who's an introvert. And this is why so many people think astrology is such a bunch of hooey, because all they've ever heard is the laundry listing kind of astrology. Exactly. All they've ever heard exactly. is, oh, I'm an Aries, I'm supposed to be bossy. Or, oh, I'm a Gemini, I'm supposed to be fickle. But right. you might not have a fickle chart overall. You might have an incredibly sweet, and you're like, puppy dog, like once you love someone, you love them forever kind of chart. And so if you don't read the chart as a whole or you don't weigh all the things that matter most, then you can get really off track. So one of my main philosophies in the book that stunned so many readers is uh, I basically say forget about sun signs. Like don't worry what sign someone else is. And if you if you like a guy and he's, you know, cancer and you've dated cancers before and it never went well, well guess what? It, It might have nothing to do with the fact that they were cancers and this cancer might be perfect for you. And so, uh... You know, sun signs actually have very little to do with relationships. So, you know, it's a good thing Linda Goodman, bless her heart, is gone. (laughs) because She would hate me. (laughs) She would would fight me to the death. She was the
0: queen of the sun signs. Well, you know why?
1: She was the best writer in the world. I mean, her books were so charming and so delicious and so... They were like talking to a girlfriend over coffee. I mean, they were so much fun and so full of personality. But the astrology in them is just... It's just pop astrology. It's just not, you know, and I, I, you know, I hate to bash other astrologers. She may have given very good readings. Uh, it's very difficult to do astrology for everyone at once. And this whole idea of horoscopes and this whole idea of like, hey Aquarius, you can only go out with Libras and Aries and Sagittarius. It's just not true. It's just not true.
2: So I get very upset by it.
0: Yeah, Aquarius and Sagittarius, very interesting combination. But boy, don't you think everything better be aligned perfectly for that? Um, I want to get back to the five critical keys because I think they're okay. so important in what you write about. I mean, I really think that we're in a very interesting place, and I would love for you to weigh in on this. I am um, I was uh, interviewing someone not too long ago, and they made a comment to me. They said, "Wait till the economy gets better," and I said, "What do you mean about?" relationships or about money they said watch the divorce rate go up and i thought mm. okay i don't know enough about this to know so i said are, so what's happening and basically he said people are staying in relationships because it's economically sane to do that because they
1: have to right they can't afford to leave right
0: and you know and so i wanted to ask you i mean mm-hmm. okay having said that are there mm-hmm. things that we need to learn? Are there these critical keys that you talk about that we should be mindful of? Well, absolutely. And, you know, what What
1: you can see with astrology for everyone is you can see social trends. Mm-hmm. So you can see, for example, you know, divorce became enormously common really in the 70s for the first time. And everyone, you know, divorcing... It, 70s and 80s, like there was this huge rush <laughs> of divorce. And what was so interesting is if you looked at the chart of the U.S., the chart of the United States, uh, for people in the United States, and I'm sure you have listeners all over the world because this is the World Wide Web, which is so cool, um, but in the United States, it, it, the, the country went through a period in this. Between 64 and 72, that was all about the breaking down of structure. And all about throwing out all the rules. So gee, what happened? Free love, hippies, the war, uh, bra burning, assassinations, like everything was chaos in so many ways. And so these ideas that, you know, Women are home and raising the children, and the man's the breadwinner, and all of that got completely thrown against the wall in the 60s and 70s. And in in 72, the U.S. went into a 20-year Venus period, which is all about indulgence. You know how we call it the me time, the me generation? It's all about indulgence, it's all about pleasure, it's all about am I having a good time? If I'm not having a good time, I'm out of here. So if you think about it, from 64 to 72, it was all about breaking down of rules and old systems and tradition, and it became like all about finding, you know, the higher truth, even if that meant breaking the old, you know, system. Then, 72 to 92, it was all about me, 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 what do I want? What's making me happy? It was kind of hedonistic. So people were leaving their kids if they found someone else they were more hot for, you know? Like, it was crazy. And people born in the 40s and 50s had... And forgive me, I can't remember which outer planet it was, cause that, traditionally in Vedic astrology we don't use outer planets, but they had this, one of the outer planets in Libra, all those people. And it, it had to do with, Libra's the sign of partnership, and it had to do with breaking attachments. So that generation of people were part, not only did the culture, did the culture go through this time that brought that forward, But all those people's charts had this theme of breaking attachments in the natural sign of partnership. So divorce became totally accepted, totally the thing going on with that generation. Isn't that amazing? Well,
0: honestly, it it totally makes sense. So it's interesting now to kind of fast forward to where we are now and take a look at what's happening uh, in our society and and what we can be really mindful of in relationships. I mean, Carol, you know, for you, this has had to be an incredible journey in talking about relationships. I mean, look at where we are. You know, someone made a comment that you basically can't get a date unless you're part of some uh, electronic way to do that online. Um, right. That, that, the, that folks of a, of a younger generation don't really even know how to date, so to speak, as the way we talk about that term. And then right. you combine that with they just technology, hook up. exactly. <laughs> so how do we put this all together? And fast forward to now, and what you work with in astrology to help people figure this out? Well, Golly, that is an
1: awesome question. And honestly, I think. Back to what I was saying about there are rules to relationships, follow the rules and end up happy. I think the rules work no matter what's going on in the culture. So I think the good news is we don't so much have to look at the collective. We can look at our individual, like what do I want, despite the fact that I'm part of the whole, what does the individual want? And my biggest advice to individual people is, if you're not in a relationship and you want one, is to make it a priority and create the room in your life because what IMing and chatting and Facebooking and tweeting and emailing and (laughs) texting has done to all of us is you're right. We don't have friends. You know, the average person in 1985 had four close friends. Now we have 1.5 books like Bowling Alone are coming out, <laughs> books with title, <laughs> titles called Bowling Alone, people are lonely. People are desperately lonely, and I'm sorry, social networking is not the same as, like, actually going out with people. <laughs> it's not the <laughs> same, and it's never going to fill the same kind of void. So uh, research really shows people that end up married make it a priority. Make the time for it. Women that end up married go out an average of three nights a week to meet men. And they join groups where the kind of men they want would be. So if they want a sports guy, they join a tennis club, they join a ski club, they join a water ski club, they join a hiking group. Like, Think of the kind of partner you want and get out of the house. (laughs) So that's the first thing. The second thing is if you're in a relationship and it's ever been good, it can be good again, but you have to be willing to lead the way to love. You have to be willing to be the first person to start the good vibrations, <laughs> and that's a huge thing for people. people get you know we get sort of complacent, we get busy, we get overwhelmed if we have kids, we get really overwhelmed in this economy. everybody's stressed i can't tell you how many calls I get now from people really freaking out about money, and I've never had that in 20 years. It's always been boys, 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 girls. It's just, I'm getting tons of work calls now and tons of money calls. So people are stressed. So if you're in a relationship and it's a little ho-hum or it's lackluster or it's not as exciting as it used to be, be willing to put your ego aside and be the first person to bring the love back. So, because research really shows and has proven irrefutably that whatever you bring first, your partner will return in kind. So if you, if you speak to them with anger, they'll speak to you with anger. If you're affectionate, they'll be affectionate. If you're unavailable, they'll withdraw as well. So if your partner's withdrawn from you, send them a cute text. Use that technology to your favor, you know. Uh, send them a sweet email. Send them a free e-card from hallmark.com. Like, bring back connecting. And, you know, romance is not the great demonstrations like the the diamond ring and the shrimp cocktail or the new Maserati in the front yard. No, it's bringing home your partner's favorite coffee because you notice they're out of it. It's, sending them a cute text. I would be out writing when I was writing my book, and my husband would send me these animated texts of two birds kissing. Oh, that's, that and, is so cool. That I mean, I literally, so cool. I, got, I just got chills remembering that, like how sweet that was for me and how much that meant to me. Well, when's the last time you sent your partner an animated text of two birds kissing? Do it right now. <laughs> like, And if you're angry with them, because women will say to me in seminars, why should I be the one? Don't you know, he, he's been so, you know, neglectful or he doesn't reach for me anymore or he's working all the time or I feel so taken for granted. And I'm like, I get it. It's painful and I'm sorry, but do you want to stay in that story or do you want to create
0: a happy, bright tomorrow? Because if well, you want I to create a happy, we're bright tomorrow, though, and you know this, and, and and the most recent bombardment we have gotten to date here has been through shows like The Bachelorette. I don't know if you're following the show or you're watching the show, but I've often wondered, Carol, why you are not showing up over there and saying, hey, let's do a few charts. Wow. (laughs) Well, you know, it's really funny you would say
1: that. I was actually on a show very much like The Bachelor called Megan Wants a Millionaire, and it was one of those elimination shows, and I was brought in like when there were three guys left for her to pick and their parents and her parents and it's the show where the guy killed his wife later on like it, oh, the yeah. show was pulled the show was pulled so I had my moment and I can't tell you what happened the day I was there but yeah I've been on Bridezilla's I've read the couple that's about to get married where she's like the complete nightmare <laughs> I've done that fun stuff but um you know those shows are so artificial that whole situation of you know, we're gonna go horseback riding, and we're gonna go skiing, and we're gonna go to Vegas, and I'm gonna meet you five times, and then you're gonna propose to me? I mean, that's just so absurd. It's so absurd. It's not reality. And, and it, and it can be really a, a nice r- release to watch entertainment like that, but it can also give us completely skewed perspectives. Like, if a guy takes you, like my husband and my, and my first date, he took me, no kidding, to a hot dog stand and a movie. I was a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there was literally nothing I could eat on the He didn't know me. He didn't know I was a vegetarian. And fortunately, I didn't know we were going out to eat anyway, so I wasn't even hungry. And the movie was fantastic, and we had a great night. And he's the man of my dreams, and we're married today. But if I had said, oh, well, he didn't take me on a nice enough date, and we didn't go skiing or scuba diving or to the San Diego Zoo or all these things they do on those shows, you know, I wouldn't be married
0: today. But that's a whole That's
2: a whole sidetrack. Well, another part of
0: this, though, is in getting to a place where, you know, there are things that I think we're willing to accept in a mate and things that we're not. And, you know, how does astrology fit in to understanding and learning more about that? Because I'd like to go back to something you said earlier in the show. And, you know, that is that there are, you know, you can sit down and you could do a reading and do a complete chart for a couple or an individual. And there are some Uh things you're going to see. And yet, right. even as you're talking to people, they're shaking their head no. Right. And so where, where do we draw the line between, you know, being open to hearing this and making decisions that make sense uh, versus, you know, not paying attention to anything at all, as well as listening to everything an astrologer might say to you? Right. Well, the most,
1: most, most important thing that I discovered doing astrology is that compatibility is not enough. Yeah. So I touched on it before, but people think if we're compatible, it's a guarantee, and that's all we need is to be compatible. But here's the problem, Doctor Pat. You can be compatible with a sociopath. You can have fantastic chemistry, great conversation so much in common with a manic depressive. You can be compatible with someone extremely selfish. You can be compatible with somebody with addictions. You can be compatible with somebody who's a sex addict. Talk to Sandra Bullock. I mean, you can be extremely comfortable, easy, happy, relaxed, and turned on by somebody who you shouldn't get anywhere near. So the first thing that I look at when i look at a couple now isn't are they compatible it's should this woman get anywhere near this man in the first place should this man get anywhere near this woman in the first place who is this person and is this someone they can get close to and i like to use the analogy of you know like a professional pianist you wouldn't want a professional pianist for your symphony who only had four fingers right Right, right, You wouldn't okay. want to hire yeah. a guy with four fingers. He couldn't play Rachmaninoff if he only had four fingers. But so many of my clients are dating men or married to men that only have four fingers, and then they're devastated that he's not playing Rachmaninoff, and they think he's not playing Rachmaninoff because he doesn't love her. They'll say to me, "If he really loved me, he'd be nicer." And I'll say to them, "He wouldn't be nice to anyone. He's not nice."
0: <laughs> like you <laughs> well, have that's to know the really wake up call, right? I mean, that's it's what we're really—you really, know—yeah,
1: it's, it's such a huge insight for people. Is wow, you mean it's not me? You mean I can't love him through it? I can't love him so much that he'll be transformed and healed by my love? You know? No. So that's the first thing is find somebody with ten fingers (laughs) who actually took piano lessons. Like Find somebody that has the capacity to do relationships. Relationship people leave a lot of clues. They're usually in relationships. They have tons of friends. They love their families. Or if they don't love them, they're philosophical about them. They're not bitter about them. They get along with the people at work. People with poor relationship skills or who are what I call astrologically afflicted, and I have a whole chapter about this in my book, astrologically afflicted people have problems with everybody and they complain a lot and they whine about everyone else. Everything's everyone else's fault. They're super sensitive and they can never see past themselves to you and what you need. So when you really need something, they get mad, they shut down, they withdraw and they always disappoint. So, so that's the number one thing. The second thing is you've got to find the person that's the kind of person you're looking for. You can meet somebody totally great, but maybe you want kids and they don't. That's the number one reason people can't get married to each other, right?
0: Is is really kids. So well, no, those per- are really I mean, you know, those are pretty much we're talking pretty much showstoppers. Why do you think folks totally. don't figure that out like in advance, Carol? You know, women especially are really afraid to ask big questions.
1: They're afraid they're going to scare men off. So they don't ask things like, do you see yourself ever getting married? Do you want kids? Until it's like six months in and they're madly in love and they've been sleeping with a guy for a while and they're completely bonded. And now when he has an answer they don't like, they can't leave him because they're too connected and they spend mm. too much time. So the biggest thing they have to learn to do is ask the tough questions fairly early on. Not on the first couple of dates, because, you you know, it will scare someone off. Or a great way to ask the question without asking directly is to gossip. (laughs) (laughs) Or to talk about the bachelor, you know, to say, gosh, can you believe that bastard? He was dating someone else back home, and the whole time it was a lie. And if the date says... Oh, you know,
0: he's just having his fun. He's selling his oats. Good for him. It tells you a lot, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the other one is the big C word, commitment. You know, gee, can you imagine why Jason couldn't commit to whatever her name is? I mean, you're right about how to get this conversation going. And then you've got to be ready to hear it. And you've got to pay attention.
1: And I will tell you... People will tell you exactly what's wrong with them on the first or second date in a way that they won't tell you ever again. (laughs) Because in the beginning, there's nothing at stake. There's no, there's nothing to lose. You're sort of a stranger. But the problem is they'll tell you in a, in a sort of funny, playful, or, or really quick way. Or they'll make it like a sidebar, like, or like a joke. They'll say something like, yeah, my exes are psycho,
0: ha,
2: ha, ha. or, oh,
1: yeah, right now I'm cheating on my mistress, ha, 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 or, um,
0: yeah, you know, I have a girl in every port, ha, ha, ha.
2: Well, well actually let's talk about do. cheating
0: for a minute, because okay. I think this has come up more times than not, and, you know, somebody asked me a question to ask you, actually, on Instant Message. Uh, they wanted me to ask you the question, is, is there any one, and, you know, and the question is sign is there any no. one sign that is more prone to cheat than another? I think that's no, a great question. No, not at all. <laughs> no,
1: and, and this is what makes astrology so hard. Cheater signs. To serve up to the masses. I would love to tell you all, yes, avoid every Pisces, you know. <laughs> but what what matters isn't what sign they are. What matters is, is, is their chart afflicted or not? And anybody's chart of any sign can be afflicted. And unfortunately, affliction is not a quickie, easy thing to understand where you can just ask somebody their birthday and instantly know if they're afflicted. It's something more where you need somebody like me, I'm afraid, or somebody yeah, you know, exactly. who does this for mm-hmm. a living. Because a Pisces or, you know, so the signs that we hear, quote, unquote, can be You know, cheating sort of signs are like Aries because they're youthful and they're impulsive and they're highly sexual, supposedly, or Gemini because they like all types, or Libra or Sagittarius because they don't like to settle down. They like to always be on the move. Well, you know, you can find a Sagittarius who's married for 60 years and it's not a challenge or an Aries that's completely like a puppy dog. And then you can find another one that's a complete, you know, Mm -hmm. bad boys so Mm -hmm. but i will say the vedic signs are crazy amazing that way and there are but it's never just one thing it's never just if venus is in one of those bad signs they're for sure going to cheat it's like if there's sun moon and rising signs so for example i already touched on this jesse uh sander bullocks his ex i already forgot his last name Jesse James. Yes. Okay, yes. his rising sign, sun sign, moon sign, and Venus are all in Vedic signs, these 27 smaller signs that are all the cheating ones. There's one that literally the symbol for it is a woman's private parts. Wow. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There's one that's called the two-faced man, and it's, it's associated with people who are very duplicitous. Tiger Woods has, has one of those as his top three signs. Um, There's one that's uh, symbolized by a male elephant. Well, elephants are nomadic, and they're always moving around, always changing environments. Um, And then people that are highly, highly, highly sexual have Mars and Venus together often. So like Bill Clinton in his rising sign, Mars and Venus. Uh, Jesse James, Mars and Venus together. This makes people sexually impulsive. So when you see, like... Several things stacking up like that, all pointing in the same direction. And I will tell you, this was chilling. Ten years ago, I was in an astrology class where the teacher put Tiger Woods' chart on the board. And he said, verbatim, he said, loose women will bring him down. That's what he said.
2: Wow.
1: Everything about Tiger Woods' chart is like sexual, addictive, compulsive, sex, selfish, like there's no way rehab is enough for that guy. Like, I, I mean, I actually feel for him because what you learn with astrology is, wow, we really are wired to be who we are. Like he is wired to have this incredible appetite and to be unsatisfied by one person. So what I would say to a Tiger Woods is, dude, go be polyamorous. Do you know how many women would be just fine? with you having multiple partners, if they could have access to the billions <laughs> and the big house and the life with you, like, don't pick a traditional monogamous girl who wants to have the, the picket fence and the babies, pick the crazy women, there are tons of lovely polyamorous people out there, they're just not traditional, and so that's the problem, is people try to be who they're not and they lie, and... Then they break hearts, and then they're thought of as a you know a big bastard or a big bitch. But if we would just be, if we just accept who we are and really live authentic lives, there's a, there are so many, all those women were just fine with him being married, you know? All That's those totally women were just ev- fine. Yeah.
0: I, you know, what you have just said is so really important for all of us to remember, because we really do have a sense of who we are. Uh we may not have all the answers Carol and I totally get this and and I and I love that a lot of times what we do need is to get some coaching and get some insight And that's really what, you know, you do so well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much. I've had such a good time. And if people want to know more about the Vedic signs, you know, they can Google anything they want on Vedic astrology. There's some great resources. And if they sign up for my newsletter at rightmanreport.com, I have a whole program on them called Signs of Compatibility. And they can look up everyone in their lives, and figure out, like, ooh, are they any of the scary, you know, wandering <laughs> signs, or are they not? But thank Well, you, I just so signed up, you. so I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. Yay. Thank Carol, you. thank you
0: so much. Please give out the website for the book again. Give out your okay. personal website and the best way for people to contact you if they want to get a complete reading with you.
1: Great. So the uh, the site with the free book is rightmanreport.com. dot com. You can download a P- PDF right away of a book called Becoming the Woman Your Dream Man Wants, and it's got some of my favorite favorite advice for you know really it's like having me as your coach, take you by the hand and help you get the love life that you want. And then my my free newsletter is also there. You can sign up there. And then my private practice website is carolallenastrology.com and uh, I still have a private practice. I talk to lovely people every day and uh, it's really an honor and a privilege to help people in this way and I'm lucky to be me. So thank you,
0: Dr. Pratt. I'm lucky I'm to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Carol. <laughs> thank you. Wow. Thank you, everybody, for tuning us in and turning us on. We talked about a lot tonight. If you missed any part of this, Make sure you listen to the archive, and we'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Go to drpatlive.com. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a blast at Living Life Full Out.